Hi, this is JP Mack, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Last week, we talked about the Omicron variant, and uh, talked about how, uh, even despite the fact that we didn't know that much about it, we still don't know too much about it, and what we did know was that the cases that were known at the time in South Africa, where it originated from, is that it was a relatively mild strain that the people had, who had got it, um, who were infected with the Omicron variant, uh, had relatively mild cases of COVID-19. Uh, but that was enough to create a, you know, worldwide hysteria around Omicron and a travel ban, which incidentally, I guess travel bans are no longer xenophobic. Um, apparently they were when Trump did them. Apparently there's something different about this one that focused mainly on African countries that is not xenophobic, but. Hey, who who are we to question the judgment of these people who call things things like xenophobic? So, continuing on with uh, on the topic of coronavirus, um, so let's just do kind of a brief recap. Um, of course, it started out. Pretty much last year, technically started out uh, in the winter of 2019, hence the the name uh, COVID-19 was, was the first cases recorded in 2019 at the end of the year, right around Thanksgiving, um, but really started really becoming a problem early in... 2020, particularly in the February, March time frame of 2020. And so basically as we started out, uh, it was 15 days to flatten the curb. Uh, that turned into 15, 15 months and now we're going on uh, something like two years to flatten the curve. So, and the thing is, we, we did flatten the curve. Um, we did largely succeed in doing that. Um, you know, there are, have been spikes. Um, so let's go back to March of 2020. That was the original spike. Or, you know, you had none of the population with any sort of immunity other than, you know, there could have been a, some people with natural immunity, um, T-cell immunity, possibly, but no uh, immunity due to having a previous infection. Or, of course, there was no vaccine back then. So we had our initial uh, first wave that peaked um, sometime uh, in the April-May time frame of 2020, 
and then it reduced drastically uh, as you know the uh, the weather warmed up, uh, especially in the northern states, and so it dramatically reduced in uh, around June, July time frame of 2020. Then of course we have uh, spike and. By the way, what I'm describing is uh, a graph of daily deaths from Worldometer, or actually Worldometers.info slash coronavirus slash country slash U.S. hashtag graph dash deaths dash daily. But basically, once you get to Worldometer.info, then you can you can click on whatever uh, information you want um i think world Hour is the best source it's the most complete source particularly when you're concentrating on cases and deaths so anyhow um going on along so we had uh kind of a summertime spike um particularly as the southern states um, got into their air conditioner season. People were driven inside in, in summer states. Um, but pretty uh, pretty uh, much stayed low uh, throughout the United States. And then we had a big spike in, uh, for last year's, you know, the typical cold and flu season during the cold winter. A cold cold uh, weather months in the United States. So we had a big spike. We actually had more deaths um, in the January, February time frame of 2021 than we did uh, around the same time at the peak of the initial spike in April. So we had almost twice as many deaths. But then from there, you see a precipitous drop uh, on the bottom, basically drops out. Uh, you have, of course, the first vaccines coming online in January and February time frame, but really didn't start getting momentum until March. And so you see a precipitous drop um, where you see the number of vaccinations rise. Uh, and also you have warmer weather. So you had the same drop that occurred the previous year, um, plus the vaccinations. Then you have uh, the Delta variant came uh, into the fore in summer of last year. But actually deaths continued to drop, you know, uh, countrywide during... Um, until late July, they bottomed out uh, sometime in late July. There's 245 deaths recording on July 6, 2021. Or at least that was the seven-day uh, moving average. And that's pretty much where it bottoms out. And then, and remember, we're already into the Delta variant here. And so September... Of course, this is peak air conditioner season, you know, or uh, air conditioning season, particularly for the southern states. 
And so again, uh, like the previous year around August, September, and remember deaths are a lagging indicator of cases by about 10 days to two weeks. So we got as high as about 20, 2012 was the highest seven day moving average. Uh, this past uh, September happened September 21st and so you have another precipitous drop then we cases go way down as more people in the south are getting outside nicer weather and then of course we are in December and let's see compared to last year uh, let's see December 5th, 2021, which is the last date we have data on at worldometer.info uh, or .com, .org. I think it's .org. You'll find it. Um, but anyway, it is 1,062. That's seven-day moving average, which is the graph I like to. It's the easiest one to read. And like I said, it's it's... I would think that it's the deaths that matter, right? Because this is why the deaths, preventing deaths, is why we're supposed to be taking all these draconian measures, uh, social distancing, uh, vaccinations, um, all the lockdowns that we endured uh, pretty much last year. Uh, it was supposed to be to limit the number of deaths. Right? So... We're kind of on a downward slope. Looks like we could be on uptick. Because um, it is the beginning of the cold weather months in the northeast and in north other parts of the country. But mainly in the northeast. So you have, could be a slight uptick. Um, it's too early to tell. Um, so I'm looking at December 5th, 2021. We have 1,062. A year ago, on that date, December 5th, let's see, December, 20, December 5th, 2020, we were already up to 2,381. It was our seven-day moving average for deaths. And so we are half where we are uh, a year ago at this point. Okay, and also at this year point, the country as a whole, where I'm looking at the U.S. graph right now, the U.S. as a whole, as a whole uh, was well into its cold weather peak, in which the peak uh, occurred sometime around January 14th, a little over 3,500 deaths, 350. 3,546 deaths was the seven-day moving average on January 14th. And I believe that will be the peak or very close to the peak. And so, you know, if this turns out as many respiratory diseases are, uh, it follows a pattern that probably we can expect uh, to peak around... January of this year and it'll be interesting to see how high that peak goes now that we have three vaccines which you, know, you almost have to qualify it talk about that later 
when we talk about uh, various vaccines, because they are more of a of a of a, a therapeutic. It turns out than actual what we what we've come to think of as a true vaccine that prevents people from getting and spreading it. So, anyhow, um, we are about half where we are where we were last year which is just interesting so we're certainly making progress um we we obviously have many more vaccinated people almost all of the vaccinations have become in the meantime between um the peak in january and the last day we have data for which is december 5th december 5th of this year so almost all of the vaccinations in this country have occurred within that time frame and so it's looking pretty good uh, of course always hard to extrapolate um but i would say if the nation's peak, um, let's say our winter month's peak, you know, is no worse than our uh, Sept- you know, August-September peak, then I think that will, we will have to consider that a success. Uh, it'll obviously be an, be an improvement over last year. Hopefully it won't be that much. We'll, we'll see. And so let's talk about another country, uh, another country, uh, Sweden, which is the closest thing we have to a control group. Okay. Which they had a very laissez-faire, uh, approach to, uh, controlling the spread of COVID-19 in their country. Um, Basically, their strategy was to develop herd immunity early and take their lumps early. And so, if you go to Sweden's graph, uh, their data goes up to the 4th of December, 2021. Their average, their week average, uh, is two. And that's two deaths in the entire country. That was the average. Uh, so that means it was probably one or two for that day, that particular day. Anyhow, that compares to 64 deaths that same week in uh, Sweden uh, last year. So last year in Sweden, they had 64 deaths. Uh, this year, they're down to two. Uh, and that is obviously a combination of natural and natural immunity and vaccination um but with no draconian lockdown measures or mask mandates um so it's kind of how we are and that by the way is less than israel which also is a highly vaccinated country another western style democracy they're averaging right now about three deaths per week. Um, I think two countries, Israel, I think is a little bit smaller in population, but still 
kind of in that same ballpark. So, so Sweden is doing as well or better than Israel, which has had some very um, strong uh, COVID measures. Um, I could be wrong, but I believe that they are pursuing uh, COVID zero strategy in Israel, or at least until recently. And so take that for what you will. Seems like it was the main difference seems to have been uh, the number of people vaccinated and the number of people with natural immunity seems to be a difference. Because um, you look at these, the, the stringency of the lockdowns and so forth, uh, that seems to not have factored in. Now, of course, it's not precisely scientific, but I mean, just, you know, from casual observation, that's what you say. And so let's take a look at... Uh, um, deaths per million, okay, for various countries. Talk about Sweden before. Their average death per million is 1,486. Uh, the United States is uh, 2,423, which I believe is down. I think they've been plummeting in the ranks in that category for at least the last year or so so um still not great but you know it's better than a lot of countries you have israel with 880 so that would be a point in their favor of the combination of uh covid zero policy and and also uh, a lot of uh, inoculations. I think Israel is one of the highest percentage of vaccinated people. Um, and they started out earlier with their vaccines than most other countries. So um, they're doing pretty good. They're a little bit more than uh, half Sweden. So, so that would kind of argue in favor of the more stringent policies so there you go and then you have the uk this is a highly vaccinated country it's over 70 percent it's hard to tell what the percentages are um for vaccine if you go to one site you'll get one number if you go to another site you know with another source you'll get another number uh uk seems to be around the consensus seems to be somewhere around 70, low 70s. USA is in the high 60s, all, nearly 70. So, uh, UK has had much more um, uh, stringent measures in their country. And so, but they're still about the same as um what the united states has uh of course again that's an inexact science but you know take that as it as it as you may um but really usa and uk are pretty close they're close in vaccination rates 
UK is a little bit better than the United States, um, but they don't have a lot to show for it, I, in my opinion, for all of the lockdowns that they did, particularly in London. So, again, they don't have that much more to show for. Uh, Israel, you could argue, has done the best. And um, when looked at under this metric of death, deaths per million, Sweden is kind of there in the middle. Um, they Sweden is actually pretty good, I think, um, when it comes to countries. And Sweden is also around 70%. Is, seems to be the average among the sources and and so let's look at some individual states see how they're going doing um, when it comes to deaths per 1 million of population you have Mississippi and Alabama one and two um, they have very low vaccination rate um, they're lower than the average, national average. The national average is somewhere, I think, in the 60s. Um, so they're a little bit lower than that. But then you have New Jersey, which is a pretty high vaccination rate. They have a high, um, high uh, death per million. Um, so you have, you have Miss, Mississippi and Alabama, which mu have much less stringent uh, COVID protocols, I guess. Um, so, and then you have New Jersey, which is in the same neighborhood. They have 3,204 deaths per million. And so it seems like New Jersey has a lot less to show for uh, the more draconian measures taken in that state than Alabama and Mississippi. Then you also have New York. Uh, be number six currently and much maligned Florida is doing better than all of those states I've just mentioned they're not great they're number nine out of 50 and they have uh, deaths per million rate according to worldometer.org uh, they have about 2800 so they're but it's been consistently less and I would think that we will see more uh, in the northeastern states in the next couple months, New Jersey and New York. And we will probably see less in Florida because that's just a trend for those um, for, for those our respective states. So, but let's... Let's take a look at, for instance, New Jersey. Pretty high death per million rate, as I've mentioned. When you look at their daily death graph, um, still pretty low. Uh, during the peak um, air conditioned season in New Jersey, you know, you're getting like 37 deaths per week average. Um, this is decreased slightly, so, but we'll see. Um, 
but the cases have gone up way up in New Jersey, but the deaths have not. So that would sort of indicate that the vaccines are working in New Jersey. All right, so let's compare that uh, to Rick uh, uh, for to for um, Ron DeSantis's much maligned Florida, as I mentioned, you know, as it got into air conditioner weather in that state, which seems to have peaked in September. Um, looking at their cases went way up, so they skyrocketed, peaked around uh, the beginning of September. But their deaths, um, let's see, daily new cases, deaths, okay. So deaths in Florida peaked in September, which is the hot weather months, hot humid weather in most of Florida. And then daily cases, um, trend is about the same. Uh, peaking out in uh, late August, early September. Uh, but with a precipitous fall in both cases and and uh, deaths. So it'll be interesting because, you know, the line on Florida was because, you know, all their um, deaths and cases that were because they were a bunch of rubes who... Uh, didn't get vaccinated. And so now, you know, if you compare that to New Jersey, um, same time frame or other northeastern uh, states, it will be interesting to see. You know, if there's a spike in New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, those states, uh, it will be interesting to, to see what the explanation is is given from the mainstream media if there is a spike in the northeastern United States during the winter months when people are driven inside due to cold weather, whereas people are driven inside during to due to warm weather in the southern states. So we'll see. It's it's northeastern United States' turn, um, and we will see what happens. Hopefully that, you know, with a huge vaccination rate and a huge natural immunity rate, uh, we won't get anywhere near last year's number. Um, as I mentioned, peaked out in mid-July or mid-January of last year. So hopefully mid-January, I think we will know, we will have a good idea of how well we did and, and how well combination of natural immunity with um, vaccines is working out. And so what conclusion can we draw from all this? Well, it seems that vaccinations work. Um, most of the countries, um, most of the Western democracies, um, there's somewhere around 70% uh, vaccination rate depending on the source. Um, some some 
countries have more to show for it than others. Some countries have less to show for all their draconian measures than others. That like Sweden that didn't take those draconian measures. Um, so it's a mixed bag. And of course, a lot of that depends on the population. Uh, if I remember correctly, you know, it, uh, Italy got hit really hard. Italy has one of the oldest populations in Europe, so you know, they were, you know, they were hit with a perfect storm at the beginning of the COVID nineteen crisis, where you had nobody with natural immunity, and you had an aging population, one of the, one of the oldest in Europe. And you had a huge um, migrant worker population from China, and so you, so if you remember, Italy was just it was complete catastrophe. Um, last March, um, now they're not doing pretty pretty too bad. Um, I think they are among the leaders in Europe. Of course, a lot of countries in Europe are using, I believe it's the AstraZeneca um, vaccine. I don't, I'm not sure what Italy is using, but some of them, you know, when you say people are fully vaccinated, you kind of have to qualify that with, you know, with what vaccine is prevalent in the country. And I believe uh, AstraZeneca is, the, is throughout most of Europe pretty popular. Um, and you have Moderna and Pfizer, of course, in a lot of those countries too. But um, I think the overall trend is that we see spikes in most countries. You know, there was the initial spike uh, last spring, then another spike in uh, during the summer months when you have a lot of people. Um, you know, you have a lot of holidays, big holidays, 4th of July holidays, a lot of, several countries coincidentally have their, their version of Independence Day, um, sometime in July, that's just the way it worked out. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, you have your normal cold and flu season, particularly for, um, the more temperate countries with temperate climates or, or, or even the, the more, um, Nordic countries with cold climates, you know, the, this is, you know, it, so in that way, COVID-19 operates pretty much like a common respiratory virus in that it peaks during the cold winter months when you have less sun See so the combination of less sun, less UV rays as that natural disinfectant, and you have more people uh, inside enjoying the the warmth and and spending less time outside. It varies from country to country, of course, but that's basic trend for most countries is. You have a spike during the winter months, and then a low lull, and then slight spike during the hottest summer months, and that's what you see. And of course, probably in the United States, you have a bit more during the summer months because we have 
AC, air conditioning is more prevalent in the United States than it is in a lot of the rest of the world. So, also, so there's a lot of factors. So, but that also tells you that when, you know, you know, you, we used to hear that the United States was the laughing stock of the world when it comes to COVID and it's a total disaster. It turns out that, um, the United States has fared um, somewhere around average, uh, particularly for um, countries with diverse climates. You know, we have a lot of different climates in one country. Um, we have four seasons in most of the country, we, and we have climate zones. And we have a large population in a lot of urban centers. So... We have all that, um, and you know we're not like New Zealand or Australia, which are islands which are easy to cut off um, uh, trade and you know uh, people coming from other countries. So you know they have you know those island nations have that working for them. They have that geographical isolation which which works for them. And so just out of curiosity, I am bringing up uh, daily, new daily deaths in New York State. Which of course, they have a very high uh, death rate in the beginning of the thing, peaking out sometime around uh, April and May time frame of 2020. And then they uh, basically their even their deaths their their averages um during the summer months and even into the fall months are is very low um they're averaging eight deaths per week uh in the sep september on september 10th of 2020 uh september 10th let's check september 10th of 2020 of this year and they are New York was not doing as well um turn it to September 9th 11th alright so anyway they're in the 30s this year so they're not doing as well this year statistically speaking as they were the same time uh, last year, or at least at their low, low point. So that's interesting. They got down, looks like, to as low as five in July. And let's see, they got as low as loathsome seeing is six um and that's in late august 2020 so <clears throat> they flatten the curve i mean this is literally when you look at new york state you're li literally looking at a picture of flattening the curve and that curve has been flattened since at least june depending on how you want to define it 
but since at least June, late May, early June of 2020. And that, that curve has been flat. Um, their seasonal spike for was in January for deaths per day there. They averaged uh, 205 deaths per day in January, uh, January 26 timeframe. And so, and they're not anywhere near where they were. So let's see, let's take a look at New York state, December 5th, 2021, you have 41 deaths averaging 41. Let's see, December 5th, you had 67. So, all right, so we're down. My math is not that good, but they're down a good uh, 30%, looks like. Um, so they have, they've, they're averaging 20 less deaths a week in the same time uh, last year. So, I don't know what a professional epidemiologist would attribute it to, but as a layman, I would kind of attribute it that to a combination of uh, vaccinations and also um, vaccinations and also natural immunity. Apparently, a lot of New Yorkers got uh, infected during the first uh, portion daily cases daily cases are on the rise so daily cases are are in New York for their last data is a little over 11,547 at the beginning of this month and so their cases beginning of this month last year So we are actually experiencing more cases. And again, you know, is it more cases or more people being tested? That's another thing. That's like you have to take all of these information with a grain of salt. And the best way I think to look at it is just to look at the whole, the graph as a whole. And that probably gives you the best sense. Or you can see spikes in the beginning uh, you see several month long lull uh, in the warm warmer months, and then a spike, big spike in the cold and flu season. And so that looks like where the New Yorkers are headed this year again, but the deaths are way down. So there's not that same correlation between cases and deaths and you'd have to attribute that to uh immunity whether it be natural or through vaccination you have to attribute that through immunity when there's a great discrepancy you know that big um between cases and deaths so we're getting far less deaths per case which means um, the other thing it can be is it's less serious variants. Something we talked about last, last week in the podcast, the Omicron, Omicron variant, 
um, was at least the anecdotal evidence um, shows shows it being severe. Symptoms have tend to be less severe, and I haven't heard anything really to contradict that in the intervening seven days since I talked to you again. So basically, we're still at you know, our level of knowledge is pretty much where we where were this time last week with Omicron that this seems to be more infectious. Um, you know, it's easier to get, so it's more uh, contagious, I guess. Um, but it's less um, deadly, less serious. So, and of course, it seems like the cases that are being reported, um, these are vaccinated people. Um, at least from, again, the anecdotal reporting I'm reading in various news sources. Um, these seem to be a lot of them, almost all, if not most, most, if not all are vaccinated, which is pretty good actually for South Africa, you know, which has a pretty low vaccination rate. And so now I'm taking a look at vaccination rates, um, looking at CNN.com. Interactive. This is CNN Health. So on their site, they're showing the United States pretty much is middle of the road um, per percentage of population. Canada is doing pretty good. United States a little bit less. Um, most of Europe is somewhere um, doing a little bit better or about the same as the United States. So most the United States seems to be pretty much as far as Western style democracies, um, pretty much average as far as vaccination rate. It's hard to tell really. I don't like how they, they give their data, but from, you know, their little color coded graph, uh, seems to be middling, um, and then you have mostly Africa is like has the worst vaccination rates of anybody. And, um, and other countries with really bad or, you know, Afghanistan, some of the countries in the Middle East, except for, uh, Israel, um, most of Europe is doing pretty good, um, but again, you know, it's only because the vaccination and some of this, a lot of these countries have single dose vaccinations, you know, um, so it'd be like the Johnson Johnson vaccination. I think AstraZeneca, I think is single dose. So it's hard to tell, but, uh, well, Australia kind of surprised me, seems to have a higher vaccination rate. Than the United States, but they're still doing all of these measures um, for, um, you know, they were pursuing the COVID zero policy up until very recently. Um, but then I told you about a lot of the demonstrations in part of Australia and some of the human rights abuses that were taking place in that country. These are things, um, talking about Australia now, 
that if they were to occur in like a third world country and they were to occur, you know, if you didn't know the reason was cooking and you just saw what was happening in that country, you would have leaders of that country up in The Hague uh, answering for human rights violations. And that's not, I don't think that's a stretch. You know, it's not kind of any hyperbole or exaggeration for a fact. I think pretty much that's it. If you saw what the Australians did to their people and, you know, you took out uh, COVID-19 from it and you saw what they're doing, first of all, you would conclude that they're probably less free than even the people of China, of communist China. But moreover, um, uh, limiting of freedom of association, freedom of um, religion and things of that nature. Yeah, there's a country, there's a, there's a few countries where their leaders in any other circumstances would be hauled before the world court to answer for human rights violations. And of course, that would be, include the governors of several U.S. states. Um, but anyhow, so it was a bit of a shock to see because they got a really late start in Australia. So I'm wondering if this is just a single round of vaccination or maybe they're using a one-shot vaccination. I'm not, not sure what the prevalent one is in Australia. So if you're living in Australia and you hear this, uh, let me know. Um, contact the... Uh, through your uh, platform, uh, let me know. Or, or send me email through libertyrelearn.com. Liberty Relearn or pmac at libertyrelearn.com. And uh, tell me vaccination your country is using. That'd be interesting. Because I'm kind of surprised. I thought with all of the, you know, draconian measures that they were doing up until pretty recently and still doing in many cases that they had a much lower vaccination rate, but they're actually um, above average, it seems, as far as the vaccinations um, compared to the rest of the world. So there you go. And so that is my state of COVID update for uh, December, first first week of December, 2021. So this is in the historical record now. Um, so I think the takeaway is that probably a lot of the draconian measures that were done really were on the lockdowns um, tend to just force people together, um, particularly um, when they looked at the ones in New York City, they found out that a large percentage of the population that was getting COVID was following the right the uh, lockdowns was was taking part in the lockdowns, and so what seems to have happened is that just drove people you know the family units together, and. The thing about that is with less people working, it's actually easier to put on COVID regulations or COVID restrictions, uh, um, you know, 
COVID measures for companies. Because um, when people are at home, they're not uh, observing a whole lot of social distancing uh, at home. So you have more time, people spending time in an environment where there's actually less control of their their COVID um, precautions. So but I think we can conclude that in most cases, the lockdowns were a mistake. Vaccinations seem to be doing pretty well, as I mentioned. It's hard to see, kind of, with me just telling you, not looking at the graph. So, definitely, if you get a chance, go to worldometer.org and just poke around there and see for yourself. My suggestion is concentrate mainly on the uh, new deaths per week uh, for those countries and see see what you see and you can see uh, what times of year what months of year each country or each state is most uh, vulnerable to most uh, you know has the most uh, COVID cases and deaths and of course it's, it's deaths that we're worried about um, and so that's one of the things that you can see is that it seems that the vaccinations are helping to lower deaths because you, know, you have more cases but less deaths. So, you know, the obvious conclusion there is that the vaccination, the vaccines, and of course, natural, natural immunity and the better treatments we have for COVID are all combining for a higher survivability rate and lower death rates. And so that's good. Um, but for those people who enjoy lockdowns and stuff like that, um, bad news for you. There doesn't seem to be any correlation to really justify. Uh, it doesn't seem like too many countries got a lot out of um, the more draconian measures for COVID. So, that is our COVID update, we'll call it, for uh, autumn of 2021. Maybe we'll maybe do one or two more, I guess. Um, for winter, we'll see how things go in the new year. So, look at mid-January. Keep that file away in your head. Um... And we'll see what the peak is, because that's around the peak season, at least in most of the United States, for COVID-19. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens there. And, of course, the one thing that I forgot to mention is um, you have the vaccinations, you have natural immunity, but you also have the disease itself changing and attenuating. Uh, generally, when you know, a virus uh, mutates, um, it gets less, it gets more contagious, but less deadly. And of course, the reason for that is pretty obvious if you think about it. Um, the a virus, to the extent it can want anything, you know, but for lack of a word, the virus doesn't want to kill its host too quickly or at all. Um, what the virus wants is to replicate. 
And so success from the virus's standpoint is how many times it can replicate itself, not whether or not it's uh, killing the host or killing the cell that's infected. So that's success from the virus's standpoint. And so what happens is each mutation, you know, the virus kind of um, is, the, the mutations drive in the direction of greater uh contagiousness and less um, mortality rate and that seems to be that's the pattern for most viruses and that's the or most really probably most diseases but certainly most viruses and seems to be the one that this one's taking and so it's kind of not surprising when you hear like this omicron variant from south africa is seems to be as far as we know so far based on what little evidence we have, but seems to be less serious um, for the, to the people who get it. And so that's a good thing, but that seems to be the trajectory of the normal life cycle of a virus. And so that's a sign that it's becoming less of a pandemic and more endemic. And that keeps in going in this direction of evolution uh, it will be like pretty much like the flu or the common cold or other rep respiratory diseases, uh, viral respiratory diseases. And it will probably be just something. Uh, it's never going to go away. That's the first lesson that I think we've all learned is that there's always going to be another variant. Um, like I said, uh, last last week um i guess we're gonna find out how many letters there are in the greek greek alphabet because we're up to omicron uh the next one is supposed to be pi so i don't know i'm kind of looking forward to the pi variant um you know because i like pi but <clears throat> so let's hope that pi is even less serious than Omicron, which seems to be less serious than Delta, but that depends on about how you look at it. And also that um, gives you a clue on how to look at it, things when you hear the reports from like the mainstream media reports and from the government is, are they concentrating on the cases or deaths or hospitalizations? And that gives you a clue because they're always going to emphasize, you know, the mainstream media is, is they're always going to emphasize the worst. And so when they're emphasizing the cases and they're talking about cases, more cases, more cases, and that's all you hear. And you don't really hear about anything about deaths. Is that because the number of deaths is not going to lead you to the actions to the you know the panic that you're supposed to experience you know and you know the it's you know less deaths is no good for the panic porn and so the panic porn uh depends largely upon uh cases now and i think that's going to be more the case as we go along but we can certainly see and so you just remember the more they emphasize cases the less they talk about deaths or you if you ever hardly ever hear about deaths 
Remember, we used to hear a lot when it was in Spain, when it was in Italy, when it was in China, in the United States. Um, that's all you heard about was deaths and serious illness. Now you're hearing more about cases, and that's a clue that um, that the mainstream media is reporting the worst portion, the worst component of of the disease. You know, being its spread, its seriousness, and who gets it, and how bad is it, and how, and how likely it is to kill you. And the less they report on deaths, more they report on cases. Um, because if it was, we know that if it was like, if the Omicron, Omicron variant was killing everybody seemingly or had a real, guess what? You would, you would know about it. Okay. And so the fact that you're not really hearing about uh, deaths due to Omicron means that the, the scientists are pretty well pretty sure which direction this one's going to take i mean you know that's kind of can't really say that officially but you you kind of get the idea and this is not our first rodeo now and you know you know it's like you know again with the the variant there's always going to be another variant uh, luckily the tendency is for the variants to become more contagious yes but less severe so, you know, hopefully it'll get to the point where it won't, you know, when you look at the deaths and say, okay, well, where are the associated deaths? You know, why are we, what is it we're, we're actually trying to avoid now? Are we trying to avoid people getting a high fever for two days? Are we trying to avoid people, you know, getting a scratchy throat or a cough, dry cough? And nothing more for a couple of days or you know what are we trying to avoid or you know if it's not death or hospitalization or serious long-term injury what are we trying what are we trying so hard to avoid and that's going to become more and more the question i think as time goes on but anyway that is the covid special uh most recent of many, it turns out, and we'll get back to more, uh, I promise, more conservative libertarian themes next week, because there's always something that comes up, um, but, and I think there's going to be plenty to talk about in the next few weeks anyhow, um, judging by, you know, what's happening in the news with, you know, school shootings and people running people over and and we haven't really talked about that too much but i think we will uh next week but until then uh just stay healthy happy and free and keep informed and listen to liberty relearn the podcast uh watch or read liberty relearned dot uh, com on the internet also, Liberty Relearned on Facebook. And follow me, JP Mac, on Parlor. And as always, if you have other questions or concerns or criticisms, you know, contact me through whatever the means are that are provided through your podcast provider. So, anyway, until then, um, until next time, stay healthy, happy, and free. And thanks for listening.